Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll maybe start, others might join us, but um, we're keen plenty to get through, um, and we'll obviously need to be done before kids' tea, otherwise they'll be mutiny. So it's kids' yes. tea dinner, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But not for the children. Yeah. Later. Okay. Yeah. So we get yeah. through. Later. Yeah. 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 I think let's see how it goes because it may be that one or two of us can just keep an eye on a few around here or something if, if it's. I don't mind. I, don't, I just want to know what dinner because we will have to sort of tag because um, John will be asleep. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, I think. There's a whole evening entertainment for If you're weird, seven to eight thirty. Seven to eight thirty. Ask, ask for a second. You know, if you need to keep one one of these skipped out, then just ask them. Give you an update. Something's coming. That's fine. Um, wonderful. We are um, thinking about being a Christian family in a secular world. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we thought we'd, we'd try and have it on the parenting seminar on a specific topic and um, thinking through some of the challenges of um, parenting in 21st century London. The way we're going to, the way we've sort of formatted it is um, uh, we've we'll, we'll got our points on the sort of five main headings where we'll just give a little bit of input and then most of the work or most of the sort of interest will be in discussion groups. So we'll get you to turn, um, turn in groups of uh, maybe four or five and just chat through um, the, the discussion question on the handout. So everything you need is on the handout and the verses that we'll look at and, um, and the discussion questions. And then, uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll run through it like that. And we all done by, we'll make sure we're done by 22 at the very least. We'll aim for 25 too, but uh, 22 at the very least. Shall I pray? And then uh, we'll kick off. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to um, step back from, uh, I guess, the, the manicness of day-to-day parenting and, um, and just reassess and rethink um, how we best do that in, um, in, in a way that honours you, in a way that is uh, seeking to, um, to do that in a way that's biblical and uh, trying to do that in, in a culture that and we'll push against um, uh, lots of uh, lots of those things. Father, pray that you help us to think wisely together um, in a way that brings you honour and glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So you've got handouts. You should have everything you need. If anyone didn't get a handout, there's plenty of space. Um, great. So, um, five main things we're going to think about. How our identity in Christ, Christian families, um, how that impacts how we go about family life. Um, some of them, are, they're fairly broad, sweet principles, um, and then you can, you can sort of apply them down um, in, your, in your discussion groups. What does that actually mean in practice? So the first one, um, the first, these first two are fairly basic entry level, but, um, but we are called to be different and distinctive um, as Christian families. So 1 Peter 2, um, verse nine, verses 9 to 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. 
So what's, what's that verse got to do with him being just family? Well, having received mercy and through what Christ has done, um, Peter is saying we are set apart. As Christians, we are set apart um, from the culture uh, around us, from those around us. And there is a, there's a unique and privilege of being, um, being a Christian, that you are God's people, that our identity as his people, as his special possession. And that has implications. That's not just a theoretical um, sort of position. It leads to lives that look different. And so our lives as a family um, should look different to the non-Christian um, world, to the non-Christian families around us. And I guess the, the, the whole point of this seminar is to say that that requires intentional thought, doesn't it? And that just doesn't happen um, sort of automatically. And um, that happens with uh, with thought, and that's why we're going to hopefully um, discuss together. And the default um, will often be to, to just shape our family life um, like everyone else, and we just sort of follow best practice in the world out there, which may be good, but without sort of intentionally thinking it through. Um, and God has something better for his people and to live as his people. So that's the first principle. We're called to be different and distinctive as Christian families. The second one is, um, is pretty linked to it, is uh, similar in many ways. We're called to have different aims and priorities for our family. So if we understand that children are given to us by God, that, that our children are his before they are ours, well, that shapes um, how, what, what, what priorities we have for our family life. Um, their identity and ours is, is found primarily in Christ. And our different identities should mean different priorities um, to the culture around us. So Matthew 6 um, is one example of that. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you <coughs> as well. So Jesus says there that, that we should be seeking first the things of God, and um, not the things of this world. And it's clear from Matthew that that's going to look very different to, um, to others around us. Now there'll be a whole variety of, re um, of areas in which that challenges us um, as, as Christian families. Um, it'll, it'll be in the areas of, of how we use our money, um, how we think about our time, um, how we think about and use our home, um, how we use media, and um, decisions um, about, about work. Um, and all those sorts of things, all shaped by and um, by kingdom priorities, by God's kingdom and His righteousness, and putting those um, first. So I guess that's that's the sort of foundation of where we're um, where we're starting from. So let's um, let me encourage you to get into groups, maybe groups of uh, say five or six. Five or six is a is a sensible, well, probably three groups. So one at the back, and then you'll. Uh, and you've got the those first um those first sets of questions to get you thinking um we'll have maybe seven minutes on those everyone's like I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>
are really important. I mean, certainly with us, I know it's often easy to go, okay, well, we're just deciding you're not doing that. Why? We've got church. Do you know what I mean? As they get older, that's the hardest part. It's kind of how to, you know, I guess how to have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, it takes more time. And it actually has no the real reasons why you put a rule in place or something. You know, you have to. You have to understand it. You probably don't understand it. Doesn't tell me yeah, which is we're going to ask you to tell me. Yeah. It's hard to ask. Sometimes it's a little contextual. Yeah. So the, the exception you make about a birthday on a yeah. Sunday versus like rugby. All the rugby teams seem to all play on Sunday morning. So, like, no, it's not, not going to ever happen. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a. That's a really tough conversation to have because, well, we, go to, we sometimes go to birthday parties, right? And so it's like a, there's a contextual conversation. It's hard to explain to you. You've got to start somewhere because having it during their 14. Yeah. 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 Discussions. If you didn't get through all the questions, we certainly didn't then chat about it over dinner or over the rest of the weekend or on another occasion. Um, so we're looking at um, point three now. So um, our identity in Christ, both individually as a family, means we will want ourselves <coughs> and our children to keep walking with the Lord above all else. Um, and so I think as we've just been talking a bit about, it's very easy to get sidetracked. Um, it's very easy to take on the world's way of thinking rather than um, keeping focused on the Lord and his plans and priorities for ourselves and um, our families. Um, I think even if you've only got a baby, you might have already realized that London's a bit of a rat race. Um, and that extends to our, our children as well. Um, so. I mean, we need to keep doing this. I mean, a lot of things we're going to talk about now, it might be like, well, I know that, but we need to keep telling ourselves to keep applying these things um, and keep reminding one another that our walk with the Lord as individuals and as families um, is more important than anything else, both now and, and for eternity. Um, so I just wanted to mention three things which we probably all know are important already, um, but I think we just need to be, keep being encouraged um, to do them in the ups and downs and the pressures of family life. Um, and also we might find some of these things hard to do, uh, either individually or, or together as, as couples or as families. So you know, let's encourage each other in them. So the first one is pray. Hopefully we do all pray, but we might want to pray more or we might want to pray more with our husbands or wives um, for our families. We might want to be people who pray more with our, with our children. Um, so I put this first verse here, which you might think, well, what's that got to do with prayer initially? But um, So Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9 here on the sheet. 
Um, for it's by grace you've been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Um, anyone keen to put their hand up if you do perfect parenting? <laughs> Anybody? Um, I think, you know, this verse just reminds us that we're saved by God's grace um, and not by anything we do. Um, and so it reminds us to keep praying for ourselves and, and for our children. Um, our children aren't saved, thankfully, by perfect parenting, um, but by the grace of God. Um, and so I think we pray remembering that only God can um, transform hearts um, and pray in gratitude that God is bigger than all the parenting mistakes that we've already made and that we are going to make in the future. Um, and I, mean, I, I think it's useful to say as well, we may experience times when our children are questioning the Christian faith um, or outright hating <coughs> it. Um, and conversations might be difficult to have with them, particularly as they get older. Um, but we can still pray for them, can't we? I mean, we're in that situation. That is something we can be doing and crying out to the Lord for them. Um, I think as well as praying for our children, we also pray modelling to our children what prayer um, should look like um, as we walk in dependence on the Lord. Um, so, you know, what priorities do they see that we have as we pray with them or help them with their prayers? Um, have prayers at mealtimes and bedtimes become uh, rather hasty and functory, um, only paying lip service to God's role in our lives? And that's one area that I've been challenged by a lot, um, I think, recently. Um, we've been talking a bit about it in our group, just giving time to things, not sort of just rushing on to the next thing, done that, tick box, whatever, but taking time over talking and, and praying and doing all those things with our children. Um, I think a lot of you will know this um, book um, already, but this, this is a book I've found quite helpful um, over the years. I think just um, in sort of developing what to pray for the children, you know, I'll sort of pray more that, you know, my children might never know a day when they don't know you, but, you know, I'll get stuck, what, you know, what, what else should I be praying for them? Um, so, and this is a really good little book because it gives, um, it's set in the context of particular Bible verses. Um, you can pray for different scenarios. So, for example, our youngest is going to secondary school in September. Um, not just praying that they make friends, but this book has got a little section on praying that they'd make the kind of friends that the Bible talks about we want to make ourselves or we want our children to make. Um, so if you're, if you feel like you've got in a bit of a rut about praying for your children, then um, this is a really good little book just to encourage you to pray, pray some new things um, and deeper things for them. Um, yeah, um, and secondly, I think on our sheet, um, so keeping the word central, again, I'm sure we're all here, people who want to be in God's word, um, but just this reminder again of the, of the importance to it, if it's slipped off the agenda or if we're struggling um, to make time either for ourselves or to, or to look at the word as a family. Um, so we've got the verses here from Deuteronomy. Uh, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Um, so I think many of us are probably very familiar with these verses, but in the pressures and busyness of, of family life, um, it's not so easy to be to be always living them out. 
Um, and I think we're called in these verses not only to hold tightly to God's word for ourselves, but to pass it on um, to the ones we love, to teach it to our children. Not something just we should cherish, but that should be carried on to the next, the next generation. Um, and again, I was reminded in thinking about this that the growth, you know, it needs to start with us. Um, so we can't be teaching our children things that we're not actually first applying um, to ourselves. We are the models for them of the importance of, of God's word um, and God's work in us through his word. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard um, your child say something or use a phrase that they're just parroting um, from you, your sentiments, your opinions, um, either good or bad. Um, and I think in those moments we realise um, all the more clearly how what we say and the views that we give are rub off on our on our children. Um, so you know, perhaps we should just you know commit again to making it God's word that rubs off on them. Um, that those are the views and the opinions that they hear from us <coughs> based on God's word. Um, and I think, um, I mean, Mark and I have been talking about this bit this week, but <coughs> just trying to um, trying to have more meaningful conversations with our children as they get older about difficult um, subjects and topics um, in the light of God's word. Um, and that God's word is the lens through which um, they look at life and view life around them. Um, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, I think. When they're younger, they lose concentration very quickly. And when they're older, they don't necessarily want to have any deep and meaningful conversations with their parents at all. Um, but sometimes it's just a case of making an op use of an opportunity um, that does come up. Um, for example, oh, they're obviously being taught all sorts of different things at school the whole time. And um, <coughs> you may or may not feel quite nervous about some of the things they're sometimes being taught at school. Um, but actually, we found that often that does give you an opportunity to have conversations on particular topics that you might not have talked about before. So one, one of our children was being taught about abortion at school the other day, and that meant that in, in hearing that we were able to have a conversation about what God's word said about the sanctity of life. Um, and um, another one had Pride Week at school, and that wrote, that's, um, raised up a num number of questions about LGBTQ issues. And again, Mark um, was able then to have a, a good conversation and a deeper conversation about, about things in, in that area with one of our children. Um, so actually, sometimes the things that we're scared about coming up at school or nervous about can actually be really good opportunities to talk um, on a deeper level with them. Um, and I think we, we won't always immediately have all the answers to questions that, we've, um, that our children ask. I think we were talking about this at lunchtime. Um, but I think that's a good um, incentive for us to expand our own knowledge um, on particular topics um, so that we can answer their questions more clearly. Um, the whole area of LGBTQ um, issues and, and the agenda is one that's coming up a lot. And again, in that area, you know, do we have the answers that we can give our children um, on that topic? Um, and I think finally in this section, um, I think we want to commend heart attitudes and character rather than performance and appearance in our children. I think this is definitely something that, um, you know, the, the secular world can do um, very differently. 
Um, there's this little verse on here from 1 Samuel. Um, but the, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, I think, you know, we're often tempted to conform to how our secular culture looks at our children in terms of their appearance or their achievements, be they academic, sporting, musical, dramatic, uh, whatever it might be. Um, and that's not to say we can't celebrate um, achievements with our children or want them to work hard to use the gifts that God's given them. Um, but do we keep those things in the right place? Um, and are we being an encouragement or discouragement to other Christian families in the importance that we place on these things within our families? Um, and I think it's also easy to focus on the surface outward behaviour um, of our children and live in fear of what other people think about us as parents and what they think about our children. Perhaps maybe all of us might have felt that that's worse at church than anywhere else sometimes. Um, is your child running around or screaming in the church service again? Um, but um, I think as Christian families, we want the gospel to be at the heart of how we relate um, to our children. Um, and more than anything else, we should want them to have hearts that are soft to Christ. So thinking about how we relate to them, do we care more about our reputation or our comfort or our control when we, when we discipline them? Or do we try to do it in a way which will lead to a heart change and produce good fruit in their lives? Um, it's easy when you're tired or you've been tested by the hundredth time by your child or children arguing or whatever else they're doing. It's easy to just want to change the outward behaviour. Um, that's our experience anyway. Um, but perhaps you know we could commit again to give time and energy to addressing what's going on in our hearts, um, not just on the surface. Um, so we're going to have another little um, time just to discuss the next lot of questions um, based around um, these sections which are on your sheet. Um, so we'll have another so five, ten minutes just to look at the, the next few questions together.
Yeah. It's so great. I Yes, I think we live that on the page. It's everything from the overports of work or being late for work and not being in place at the right time. But then it can also be random things like I never realized that we debate taxes that much and the difference between UK tax versus and then all of a sudden Christopher he's talking to his friends about like US tax. And part perhaps our views being very kind of uh, you know softened by fifteen years in the UK. I think um, we need to be careful about those sort of things. Uh, I think I've heard from one of them that their teacher has said, you're not speaking English, you're speaking American. And that's a lighter example of it. But um, yeah, it's a very good talk. How is it part of the Because it all is perfect. I feel I feel like I do already think about those things though. And then like if I'm like, I don't know, make a mistake or something, I'm like, and I'll be annoyed at myself. And I'm like, if I I don't want him to grow up and be like, think that's a really important thing that he should like, beat himself up about. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> trivial things. Like, um, yeah. stress and sleep deprivation if you have And there's always that balance, isn't there, between us and the change. I think at times it always seems better for the Lord for them, but then going back to buckets, what's close to the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's how great it's Yeah, like if we're trying to teach them about grades, but then I'm like not showing any grace to myself, then they'll grow up being like, well, I don't think they see it, they wouldn't be. Well, classic one of the things you say, trust the Lord, trust the Lord, all right, trust the Lord. Yeah, and then they just see us work. Yeah, yeah. Did they what? They'll see you being stressed about something. Right? Like it creates an inconsistency in your mind, and they're. But you don't think they even notice Story yeah. 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 They do, yeah. yeah. And they do affect that strength. They do affect that they get stressed that much. Yeah. Yeah. In general, it's often sort of changing our own hearts, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One of our, our young 
just it just gets very fast, doesn't it? I mean, you know, life just gets faster and faster. It seems. It's not hard to get very fast when you're just a single person. Money to be good stuff. I mean, we we found that in Schedules are the hardest thing. Um, the rush is also the hardest thing. Uh, I think one thing that has been a byproduct of like uh, schedule and whatever is we tend to commute into the city uh, together as far. And Christine is very good at doing motion. So that's actually been a nice thing where we all come together. Everybody's tied down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back. Memorizing a verse, it's well, the three verses we memorize when you want to I do sometimes think they're like we cram it into like this half an hour, we're rushing it into school. And you know, should we actually draw some lines? Yeah. <laughs> 
I think when you've got different ages and stages as well, it's, you know, that's it would be nice to uh, be able to have um, conversation based only with the Bible throughout the whole day. So whenever we say for all of us, whatever we're doing, work and family. Work and family. But um, I just thought that, you know, I think that's a challenge. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so, so that you're <laughs> bringing God's word yeah. and, uh, yeah. So it's not just the half. You know, I think half now is pretty good actually. Yeah, I was like, wow, half an hour. Eating properly, a table manner. What do you praise your children for most? I mean, how do you break? I mean, I think it's often wrong for that's like us. children to find their identity in Christ, not in <coughs> secular world's views on identity. Um, I guess this is, this is where the rubber starts to hit the road a little bit, doesn't it? And that verse from 1 Peter again, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, and now you are the people of God. Once you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Um, we are first and foremost who God says we are, not who um, the world says we are. Chil- uh, culture um, will try and um, tell us and our children to, to locate their identity and their self-worth in a, in a whole range of things um, so in something other than um, uh, being, uh, being made in God's image and being adopted uh, as his child. I guess there's a range of things um, that they might naturally or culture will, will tend to put there. Uh, find their identity in, whether that's um, in their, their pr- approval of others, um, whether that's in their academic success, whether that's fitting in with some sort of cultural norm, um, whether that's appearance, uh, peer pressure, um, parties as they get older, not just kiddies parties, but <laughs> parties. Um, yeah, I guess, and particularly uh, prominent in our, in our day and age, in our culture, is in sexual orientation, in gender identity, in those sorts of issues. And we, we've not got time um, to think about those in detail, but um, we did want to um, uh, remind us that we can be confident that God's word does have something to say um, in each of those areas and in who we are fundamentally. Um, first and foremost, Genesis uh, 1 
27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and he created them. And that is so fundamental to, uh, to, who, uh, to who we are. And we know that um, teaching on, on these sorts of issues, on LGBT <coughs> issues, um, in schools in particular, is something that um, different families in church are, are thinking through at the minute and grappling with. Um, and as, as Christian families, there will almost certainly be clashes between, um, between what we would want to be teaching our children and what, um, uh, what culture uh, will be, uh, we'll be teaching them on those things. We have a particular responsibility don't we, to ground our children in, um, in the realities that God has uh, revealed to us about who we are, uh, about how we're created male and female um, in his image. And I, I guess as Millie pointed out already, some of those um, topics and conversations that can feel quite big and quite difficult are often opportunities um, to think about other um, sort of questions behind the questions in terms of where do we, where do we get our authority? Um, uh, is it in what the world says or is it in the Bible? Can we trust the Bible um, to tell us what is good even when that doesn't um, match up with what our culture uh, would tell us? Um, how, our, how our children view the Bible um, is, is really important then, isn't it? Not just as a, as a rule book um, to be followed, but as, as the living word of God uh, to us, um, as his revealed word, word that shows us what is good and how to live in his world. Um, so starting that from when they're very young, and we want to encourage both, uh, we want to encourage our children to both understand and trust uh, the goodness of God's word, and to know that it will help them weigh up um, uh, claims of, of, of a better truth. How do I understand what the world is telling me? Well, I measure it against uh, what God is telling me. And that's true in, in the area of gender and sexuality, but actually it's a helpful principle um, in lots of different areas too. Really. Yeah, and just the, I think the last section here, under uh, number five, we'll want our children to join us in witnessing to the wider world as they um, get older um, and grow. Um, I've got these two verses here, 1 Peter 2 verse 12, which we've looked at a bit at the beginning already. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, you may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And um, then overly 1 Peter 3, verses 15 and 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Um, so as Christian families in a secular world, we don't want our different identity to mean that we withdraw from the world or become silent on the cultural issues um, of the day. Um, 1 Peter 2 tells us to live good lives among the pagans, um, separate from them. Um, again, in, um, you know, in this, our children look to us by way of an example. Um, do we share with our children the way in which we're seeking to do this? Um, I think actually for, for us, you know, doing quite a lot of work with evangelism, reading the Bible with people, um, it can be easy for us just to be doing that stuff separately. Um, and the kids kind of know we're doing it over there, but they don't really know much about it. And, um, you know, are we showing them what we're trying to do? Are we explaining to them what we're trying to do to encourage them um, to, be doing, to be doing the same? Um, and also, I think just... 
are we equipping them to be able to give an answer for the hope that they have in their schools and amongst their friends? Um, I think it's very difficult. I think often they just want to stay silent. Um, are we giving them the tools to be able to explain when asked questions um, about the Christian faith or asked to explain what they think in a particular area? Um, and I think, you know, we're really fortunate at CCM. I'm allowed to say this even though I'm on staff, but I'm not, I don't do that area. With the youth work and the kids' work, I mean, they, they make such a big effort into trying to help the children understand um, the Bible, understand how that fits with real life for them. Um, and I mean, we've been really grateful for that um, as, our, as our children have got older. Um, so I think communicating, I mean, one of our children um, often tells us that they never know what's happening in our family. So we'll say, a particular family coming for lunch today, and they'll say, no one's told me that's happening, I didn't know anything about it. Um, to be honest, it's often a case of them not listening to previous conversations. Um, um, but sometimes it's true, we're getting on with making plans and doing things, and we haven't communicated to them what we're up to. And in this area, you know, they, they're going to look to us, what are we doing? Are we trying to share the gospel with others? Um, are we trying with our lives to show that we belong to Christ? Um, and, you know, they are making decisions all the time themselves in school, um, whether to do the, the right thing or not, just as, as we are in our lives. Um, they are making choices every day as to how they live, just as we are. Um, I mean, one of our children had a situation at school where a group of girls said they were going to drive another girl out of the school, and they all put their hands and they said, "Are you in to do this? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in." Like this, what do you do in that situation when everyone around you is 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 doing that? You know, they they've got these things coming up the whole time. Are they going to behave in a way that's glorifying to God or not? Um, and I think finally, just this whole area of gender and and sexual identity. You know, what are our children, are they equipped to know what to say when these issues are coming up um, at school in this area? Um, I, Quinn's very kindly lent me this book recently, which I found very useful because it's quite thin, but also very good. Um, I thought this is really helpful. Um, it's on the on our list of book recommendations. Um, it really shows you what you can be teaching your children at every stage from sort of age zero or whatever, um, up through the teens, and sort of just how can you start the building blocks of explaining to them about um, gender and identity in that area. Um, and I, anyway, I found it, it's, it's, it's really helpful actually. Um, and um, so I'd recommend that if you want to just start thinking a bit more about this area and feel like you don't really know very much. Um, so we've just got a last... Um, discussion time um, and I think the last question is um, you know think what would you like to take away from today that you'd like to pray for and do differently um, so let's think about that at the end and then just have a few minutes to pray in our groups um, before we go there's a couple of other questions before that as well just conscious of time we've got five, five minutes.